You know what that means. It's time for a brand new episode of The Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. I am David Hellman. I, I assume most people listening to this are listening and not watching, but Jeff Cavanaugh with the very, uh, very animated introductions for everybody over here in the studio. Brian Broaddus, Kyle Yeomans. Guys, I, I, I'm coming back from a brief vacation, so I feel like it's been a minute. It's good to see y'all. What's going on? Great to see you as well. Did you have fun? I did. Yeah, it was really great just letting y'all handle all the free agency madness, every, all of the anger and angst. and That was a pretty well-timed vacation it there, was, Dave. Uh, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. How we doing, Brian? Doing great. Just kind of banging through these guys. Man, This you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be the draft. Yeah, tell me about it. It's March 22nd. Yeah. And, and that's what's crazy about this. And, you know, you're getting the pro days knocked out. These quarterbacks are all going this week. Texas A&M rolls with a couple of guys that you're going to have coaches probably interested in. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good week. I'll give you – you know what? We'll play Choose Our Own Adventure today because there's a few things I want to hit. Uh, you kind of alluded to it right there. We can start with sort of a pro day wrap up Mm because there's actually a decent amount of things happening in the world of pro days right now. Or we can sort of look at what the Cowboys have done since y'all were last on the air in terms of free agency and how that affects our thoughts on the draft. What would you rather do first? We're going to do both. Yeah, talk about your football team. Okay. Talk about your football teams because that might carry you to what you might do. Mm. In the future, which it's actually, I can hear, I can hear the eye rolls from here about how significant the moves are. But it was a busy few days for the Cowboys, getting pretty involved. Literally, right after y'all go off the air on Thursday, uh, they start adding James Washington, Dante Fowler. Come on, from outside the team, they bring back Leighton Vanderesh on a one-year deal. Yesterday, we find out that Jaron Curse is also back on a two-year deal. So. Primarily defensive signings, addressing some of the problem spots on the defensive side of the ball, also adding a third receiver to go behind Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. How And for my money, this is, this is quintessential Cowboys in the sense that most of these guys are going to fill your hole, the holes on your roster without changing your draft strategy. You're not going to go away from somebody in the draft because James Washington is here. I assume that's how you all see it, but I don't know. Take me through it. How do you feel about these guys? Kind of think that the the three guys you signed, Van Der Esch, Washington, and Fowler, could all be replaced with draft picks. This is the Will McClay. I'm going to protect myself going in. These, I'm not married to any one of these guys. If Dan Quinn somehow magically makes Fowler play really well, then say Washington fits into what they're trying to do in the room, then you know maybe that's the possibility of those guys. But this is you're you're right. This is the Cowboys just protecting themselves in case things don't work out like they need to in the draft. And Fowler is very Cowboys, where it's former top five pick, yeah. has had NFL success, but for two years he hadn't been a good NFL player. And so hey, but he's going with Dan Quinn now, yeah. and so he's going to be Dorrance Armstrong. I think is clearly like starting over. Dante Fowler. I left yeah. out Dorrance. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good good call. Dorrance Armstrong also agreeing to come but back. But that's going to be a rotation sure. to a certain extent. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, Armstrong would be that number one in that rotation. I think a lot of people hear the name Dante Fowler and it's like, heck yeah, dude, we got our other starting defensive end. And I'm like, hey, mm. I don't think you did. I think you got a fun athletic speed rusher that at one time was really effective. And that one time was three and four years ago. So he's not too old to still be good at football. 
So there's reason for optimism, but you did not get a top two defensive end on your team. No, this is the this is Dan Quinn doing a great job last year of bringing guys on, and so Will's asking him, "Hey, Dan, what do you think? Fowler's out there. You have any interest?" Said, "Yeah, I know the kid. He, I could probably help him." This is where you like last year we weren't talking about curse. The curse signing was we were thinking all the bad safeties that they'd always signed and this wasn't going to work. I know when Jeff and I were doing radio together, it was more about, oh, this is a special teams guy. This is a guy that oh, maybe a special teams guy. You know, if he had to play safety, you were gonna be like, Oh my god, what's he doing out there? kind of thing. So this is your hope that maybe Dan Quinn continues the magic of picking guys that he formerly had. And then making it work. And to continue the hope train, I think James Washington's kind of the same thing. Yeah. James Washington is a guy that I'm try- I'm really trying. Kyle, maybe you can help me out. You're yeah. a pro broadcaster more than I am. Okay. I'm trying to find a way to be nicer about saying he's never been a good NFL player. Like James Washington. <laughs> You're right. That's not very he's, nice. He's been, he's, been he's been on a roster. He's legitimately made mediocre along the way. I right. mean, that's the best way to put it. So like James Washington, however you want to measure it, for NFL receiver play has not been good. But where you would draw hope if it was like, oh, okay, he's going to be the Cowboys' third receiver, mm-hmm. then you would be leaning on, I think, well, I remember in college, he's not a burner, but he was a really good deep threat. Like, he made plays down the field. He was in Pittsburgh with an old man whose arm was shot. And so you can, like, you can rationalize your way to thinking he could be decent well, here. He's but never, I, he's yeah. not, I don't think he's a starter on your team. No, he's, I think you're drafting one. Jeff's right. I mean, he's never developed a game underneath. There's never been a shorter intermediate game to him. You know, when you talk to the guys, the pro evaluators around the league, and they say sometimes he doesn't even catch the ball deep now. You know, that's the thing. Again, this is this is a this is one of those signings inexpensive. If it doesn't work, if the fifth receiver, sixth receiver's better that you found, boom, you move on. I'm also I can't help but think about the fact that the Steelers are gods at finding receivers. Like, they're so good at it. You go back to Antonio Brown. At least for a season or two. Mike, I'm, whatever. I'm just, I'm, hey. They, I go all the way back to Heinz Ward. Okay, yeah. fine. Heinz yeah. Ward. Antonio Holmes. Antonio yeah. was a pretty high uh, pick. Yeah. Claypool. Deontay Johnson yeah. is doing it for them. Went to a Pro Bowl this yeah, year. Yeah, but we knew that was going to happen. I'm just saying, he's a third-round pick. He was drafted after. That was the league's fault. I he told was, them to pick He was drafted after. <laughs> James Washington. That's all I'm saying. Let me so, brag on one of my hits. I'm okay? just saying the fact that he hasn't found the what success people were looking for in a place like Pittsburgh is interesting to me. Not that he can't find it here. He was on the back end of a career of Ben Roethlisberger, though. True. He's never had a quarterback, at least in his prime enough, like Dak Prescott, to be able to push it down the field. Or ben to be couldn't able throw to the ball from me to Kyle. Exactly. That's, and, that's <laughs> and, neither, and neither could Mason Rudolph either. <laughs> yeah. So either one of those guys Which, couldn't find it. <laughs> this, this plays into where I wanted to go next because I think if I'm if I'm stacking it, you look at the names we all just said. If I'm stacking it, receiver still looks to me like the position most in need of a draft pick. Left guard. What of the they haven't signed a guard. I'm oh, talking okay, about okay. like the guys that okay. they the positions that they have addressed. Yeah, I mean, right now and there's still plenty of time left to sign a veteran guard. Right now, that left guard spot just looks like it's a glaring. It's a blinking red light yep. in terms of what they might want to do in the draft. But so receiver to me still looks like a problem spot, even with Washington. For me, safety, knowing that J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker are both back here on multi-year deals, 
Not saying you couldn't draft one, but I'm sort of looking away from that. Mm-hmm. And as a guy who just said that James Washington's never been good and Dante Fowler hasn't been good for more than two years, uh, I think potentially you could be good at safety. Like Malik Hooker was coming along and yeah. better as the season went along and playing Year more. Two. Jaron Curse was great, but I guess the league didn't buy into his one-year sample size, and so you got him on a great bargain. Yep, You might be really good on the back end. When's the last time that we've sat here legitimately a month away from the draft looking at these positions of need and you haven't had a secondary position really up at the top of the list at all? It's, really it's been a and long Roy time. Roy Williams and whatever the corners were, maybe? <laughs> I will take Stingley if he comes rolling down there. Sure. <laughs> See, but that's kind of the same thing with anything here yeah. is, is if the right player is there, yeah. don't don't go away from your board. Pick yeah. the best player there. I do think they're short in free agency still. They need to sign a guard yeah. yep. uh, because I don't think you can sell yourself or your fan base on McGovern because you tried to. Yeah. You already yeah. tried to. And no, I agree. Like, it was a, we benched a guy, so you're up, buddy. And then a couple weeks later, like, mm, just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just not about that. I, so I think they need to sign a guard. They could sign a linebacker. You're still short there depth-wise. Yeah. But outside of that, do you feel you're okay almost with ready to draft? I don't feel like you don't feel good. Darius you... Smith, I think, isn't official yet. But I mean, he tweeted out a quote from the Purple People Eater, yeah. so I feel yeah. like he's probably going to be the a quarterback. Yeah. If I'm not comfortable with what they're they're starting defensive ends, like if you play a numbers game, you could go okay. My starters are Tank and Dorrance. Mm-hmm. I have Golston, Basham. Fowler, you're almost there, kind of there. You're forgetting a piece of this that I think is important. He doesn't play in. Talking about the the, the Micah. His name is Micah. Micah Parsons. So that gives you six edges. Like in theory, you you could go. That could be your active role. Knowing that Micah has that potential, I kind of feel fine. I'm not saying it's great. I'm definitely if not Lawrence saying it's is great. like your standard D end, and then it's like, hey, we're rushing the passer now. Excuse me, Mike is coming I, down. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to point out a concern we all should have, and it, when it comes to this guard position, is the fact that the scouts really, really push for McGovern. I mean, that grade was a one-two-one. Yeah, that's a top of a second-round grade. The offensive line coach wanted nothing to do with him. Now you're in a position where who is going to win this battle? Is Philbin going to win the battle over the scouts? So the scouts going to feel scarred that they pushed a guy that Philbin didn't like, and then all of a sudden now Coaches you're just get to bench people. Well, that's what I'm saying. To be fair, Philbin wasn't here when Connor McGovern was drafted. No, though. but that he was a but, whole different but but staff. he but he saw the he 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 got to work with the player. Yeah, you know he basically you know he he got to put the player in there and then base and then pulled the guy. To the point where, you know, well, he's, he could basically say, also, I'm using the word basically a lot. But he says, you know, hey, all right, scouts, I showed you. The guy can't play. You want me to, you want me to put another guy in there? You want me to play with somebody else? I'm going to put, I'm put, Connor, I'm put Connor Weems back in there. This is where I worry a little bit about such an important position that there might be the biggest divide. Well, Coach you, Philbin's at the pro day of your next left guard. So. That's, it's a beautiful segue. If they, if they don't like green, <laughs> seriously, if they don't like green, if that's if that's in fact, then they need I'm, to scoot on over to Boston College. That's no, that's what I'm saying. They, I, I I worry a little bit because all of a sudden the scouts are thinking like we're gonna we like this guy. Philbin's like you guys blew the McGovern pick, you know. And so all of a sudden now there's there's doubt in Jerry Jones' mind, like okay, which way is this room going right now? Yeah. That's not a bad point. Somebody somebody criticized me recently because I said Connor McGovern. People do that, yeah. It's fair. Yeah. 
I said Connor McGovern has been a disappointment since he got drafted. And sure. they were like, well, he was like pick 90. How could you, you know, he was at the. No, their grade on him was a well, high no, second and that's, round grade. And, and I, what I said back was like, look, I get that he was a late third round pick, but the hype on this guy was that like the league had made this terrible mistake letting right. him fall to that spot. Yep. J- we just used Jason Garrett's pet phrase, blinking red light. And that hasn't been the case. So that does make me curious. And so Joe Philbin is at. Is in he's in College Station right now, right along with Adam Dirty. A lot of prospects down there for them to look at between the two of them. Yep. What do you think that process looks like? Well, I, Joe I would, Philbin looking at Kenyon Green and being no, like, "Okay, this is the guy that y'all like." Yeah, and and to Jeff's point, then this is where like you know Philbin. This is my experience of being in that room. Coaches carry a lot of weight, and so what happens is when it comes down to scouts, might be pushing for Zion Johnson. Someone like, well, you know, we worked out this Zion Johnson and we really like him a lot and he can do this and he can play tackle and he can do, you know, all those things. And, you know, Philbin might say, no, Green's a better player. And then the scouts will say, well, he's not athletically attesting a better player. You know, what do you want? How do you want to play your guys, Joe? What we've learned about you is you like the guys to have a little mobility and a little, you know, and so there's going to be an argument there. And it might turn to the point where they don't, you know, we'll see. Does, do they end up with the guy that Joe Philbin liked or the guy that the scouts like? And maybe the maybe they'll like the same guy. Maybe it will be the same guy. But you've got a little doubt now in my mind because that that you know they they the scouts loved loved you know uh, loved uh, you know the the, the guard McGovern. McGovern and Joe's like nah not so much. How uncommon is it for? there to be like wide disagreements about like first round caliber players you know like i get it if you're arguing about a guy down the line but one of these guys that you're most of the draft community agrees is like a top 30 pick you guys don't have do you have a guard in the first round is zion johnson a first round guard for you guys yeah him and green yeah i'm there too okay so you guys got first round grades on those guys so to me if that's the case that'll be interesting that the debate i don't know we'll see if they have first round grades on both those guys but to me, I kind of feel like, though, that, you know, and I know in this organization, you know, the coaches went out. We've seen the drafts before with the Tristan Hills and the Tacos and people like that. Coaches went out here. And it's been that way for a long, long, long time. You know, Mike McCarthy's now on the road scouting. He never had to scout in his life, you know, in Green Bay. But he's also probably looking at the situation like, hmm, the thing about replacing me with Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn's out there every day. Maybe I should get my big rear out there and do some scouting. <laughs> Let me get some of these Pennsylvania kids. Hit yeah. the pavement. Well, he's, no, he's hitting Penn State. You know, Damn I right. Mean, his, out last his, year. his schedule is like Penn State. Uh, he's thinking he's going to Ole Miss. Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. Those are both Penn. on Thursday. Yeah. Go so, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's trying to get out there because, again, we give Dan Quinn a lot of credit for the way this defensive side of the ball was shaped. Speaking of pro days, speaking of defensive side of the ball, probably, I mean, we we can hit Kenny Pickett's hand size if y'all want to. He Got bigger, ma- baby! His hands magically grew and those of an gloves inch. on, didn't he? Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the big development coming from the pro day circuit is a, a crappy one, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. David Ajabo, the Michigan yeah. edge, uh, tore his Achilles during his workout. I kind of... I hate how callous it is to immediate. You know, this is this is a life-altering injury. I'll and take it, you there. Take him at fifty-six. Uh, that's all right. I mean, that's where I'm going. The poor kid Again, just lost a lot of money. Jeff doesn't know how to be nice, so just take me there. The poor guy just lost a decent amount of money. Uh, it takes. I think it takes a pretty severe injury to draft to drop your draft stock. 
Because even like you remember Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle, yeah, Mississippi State, State. and he still yep. went like 18th overall with the torn ACL. He sure did. And he got out there for some of his rookie year, a blown out Achilles in March. You're probably red shirting. Yeah. yeah, there's a pretty good you're chance gonna you're not going to play this. You're year. not that guy at the Rams. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. you're probably not going to play Cam Akers. Cam Akers, yeah. And in David Ojabo's situation, especially, I view him as a guy that is a rookie. Yeah. Would have been a, hey, it's time to rush the quarterback. Go in there. Yeah. Not necessarily a. He's hey, not it's an first and ten. Player. Let's go play football. Oh, I'll tell you what, yeah. you got this so right. I, I think he's a designated pass rusher who's going to develop as an edge guy who now is going to miss his rookie year. So I think his range just went from fifteen to twenty-five to thirty-five to sixty. And that's I. I think you're exactly right, and I hate it for him right. because that was. The thumbnail on him to begin with was raw guy, not ready to not do Not a lot everything. of football, yeah. And, and, so, and that explosiveness is the one way that he consistently wins. And Achilles, like an ACL, I go, eh. And Achilles, you at least partially raise an eyebrow, like, are you going to fully get that back? Because yeah. he needs everything he had back. Yeah. I just... And I hope not. Honestly, I hope he gets drafted in the first round. That just sucks. I hope everyone too. goes first overall. Yeah, but <laughs> everybody I, has fun. I yes. wonder if the slide could be kind of significant because of that. Because it's, it's I, no, like absolutely Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons is a perfect example yeah. where it's like when this no, no. guy is ready again, he's going to be a stud. Yeah. Whereas there were already he some might have doubts. slid five picks, right? But I do think Ojabo is going to slide twenty five. There's he's, a chance he even slides a little bit more than that too, no because of the way, like you just outlined it, because of the questions that were already surrounding absolutely. him and his player profile. Absolutely, he could fall into the third, and I wouldn't be. Ultimately surprised. I'd be, I hope not. I'd be a little disappointed. I hope not you either. didn't pick him at fifty six. <laughs> That's true. Which I would like to do. So you knowing knowing how we feel about how the Cowboys spend their yeah, free see, agency dollars. You're drafting a guy at 56 that's not going to help you this year. All freaking day. That's the scout. What if that's you're the what scout. If all freaking day? What if your wide receivers there? Your Sky Moore. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, oh, make well, it tough. We haven't, we haven't mentioned that today. He's with two Achilles, so never uh, mind. Sky Moore's back. No, no, that's what I'm saying, though, because you know, really it, it might, it might, there is yeah. our Sky Moore reference See, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, to me, it, to me, it's the, with the bingo card. Did somebody get bingo? Oh, yeah. Like, we're yep. playing that game? No, there's people they're, on Twitter that are, like, they're counting No, no, but I was just I was just curious because, to me, that, you know, maybe that's your situation where all of a sudden, you you know, you draft a defensive player in the first, you know, one of those linebackers or somebody like that, defense, whoever. And then you turn around the second round, you're thinking, man, look at all these receivers here. And now mm-hmm. you're you're comparing like, okay, you know, a kid that's not going to play at all for you this year. Yeah, I don't, Which, I, I don't, you know, if I'm Mike McCarthy and my job is on the line, quote air quotes, then I'm not interested in having redshirt guys for somebody else. Fifty six is our George Pickens spot. You know what I'm saying? I think, that's, oh, yeah. I think that's a valid criticism of the way the Cowboys do this because again, Jason Garrett of ten years can do this. A guy who has some questions about you know a, sure. a guy on staff. There's a guy sitting in broadcasting, and there's a guy on staff that potentially could well, get the job. And forget about Mike, I don't have time for red shirt and people. Forget Mike McCarthy's job security for a second. Like the way the Cowboys build this, How about some players. They're like they're like yeah, we're going to do just enough in free agency, and then when we just knock the draft out of the park, we'll yeah. get better. Yeah. Well, if you're drafting a red shirt guy, you're not getting better. Like yeah. you're not progressing the roster well, this year. It might be great two it, years from now but who's got time for that it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense for them to draft this kid because the general manager
Rodgers not going anywhere. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's why the Cowboys have this reputation. Yeah, sure, that's Second why they draft hurt players because the, because the front office is not going anywhere. God, the the symmetry of drafting David Ajabo after an Achilles tear at 56, the year that Randy Gregory, former 60th overall pick, finally is no longer under contract. That would be. Um, that would be really fitting. They had to cut Jalen Smith's on. leg off on the field. Literally and about number to bring 34 that up. on a non-premium position. You are mm-hmm. not wrong. All right, I'm getting sad. So before we do that, <laughs> let's just take a break and then cut we'll answer some right fan questions. Field. We'll be right back. It's crazy. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back to the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. I, I don't think I have reads for this it's segment. Tax but season, it's tax season, right? It's Liberty Tax, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's tax season. You, know you got go. get a month before you have to file your taxes. Liberty Tax, check them out. They've got a website I'm sure that uh, you can find. It's really, really good. You don't want to get a letter from the IRS yeah. saying that you're facing prison time. And I'm not trying to get too deep into my personal life, but that has happened to me. So just remember to pay your taxes. <laughs> go to Liberty Tax. I'm going to go there today. No, I'll go there. <laughs> I, I hope. Go to the website, yeah. yeah. I hope to God that at some point Liberty Taxes, like their their people, their marketing team, actually listen to our reads to that yeah. read specifically. Good. You need them. To go for it. <laughs> Don't go to jail. I hope that go happens. Go to LibertyTax.com. That's that's the best <laughs> advice you can give anybody. Right. All there. right. It's the second segment of the show. You know what that means, Chris? Can you help Twitter me? Twitter on the twenty. There we go. 20. Uh, I love this question from Sam. Uh, so I guess this this happened last week. We are aware of this, but the Cowboys did get two extra compensatory picks in mm. addition to the pick that they got for Hunter Mark and Cooper. Kicker. 
Well, Time to go get Punt God. we got to package these and move up. Sam, Time to go get right. Punt God. Sam wants to know realistic things you can do with the fives, which I actually... Uh, all, I, all, I, all the way to threes. You get, you get a three for all these you're fives. You're so damn prepared, Brian. I took the liberty of finding the point values, and we know no two charts are the same, but the, the four fifth-round picks are worth 28, 23, 19, and a little less than 19. <laughs> you are right. If you add all of that together, it is worth a low third-round pick. There but you go. Is that really feasible? Like would 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 anybody take sure. like nobody's trading away from a guy the at, Rams would yeah the Rams might you're right yes. the Rams are like shoot we're gonna trade all of our high picks That's for not, superstar okay. players we're gonna pay them we're gonna backload but deals we're gonna move money around and we're gonna draft three starters with eight day three picks it doesn't seem super <laughs> realistic <laughs> it doesn't seem super <laughs> realistic though call the Rams In go get the Rams line. third round pick and pick punt God the Rams have a compensatory pick at 104. In the third. Back into the third. It's the next to last pick in the so, third round. I'm only halfway joking. I'm just saying. Oh, Matt Areza might go in the third round. At no, I some think point. he probably will. Like if you wanted to move up from your four, yeah. if you wanted yeah. to like just watching, there's a punter that might so be of use. Even when you're going and you're grabbing all of those fifth round picks where you would probably take a kicker or a punter either either way, you're bundling it up and then going just outside the top one hundred to take a punter regardless. Matt Areza, bro. He's a good punter. 80-yard punt. He's a phenomenal punter. You go three and out, touchback. You also had a pro bowler that you could bring back at some point. (laughs) Well, he costs money. He costs $5 million, and Matt Areza would cost like $600,000. Okay, if that's the case, then yeah. I'm going to get punt God, but we need to hold on to one of our fifths so that we can pick a kicker. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I would go. I would shoot this thing back to back, punter, and then I yeah. boom hit that kicker right behind it. If anything, I might. Gunner, I we'd have I a fun day there in the fifth. A joint at the at the hip from then on out. I I doubt. I always actually we said it all last year though. It was like they're not going to make all eleven of those picks, and they did. They definitely yeah. did. But I, I lean toward thinking like they'll use they'll use two of these picks to like move up into the fourth, like they go. did for Tyler Biotish, something like third that. Third round. You're in the third round, yeah. and you've picked a. Whatever. You've picked a guard, and then you picked a wide receiver. You're in the third round. There's a linebacker you like. You don't think he's going to make it to your third-round pick. You throw him a five. You move up three or four spots. You pick your guy. If you're you're really Mm. good at this in pro personnel, you would identify a backup offensive lineman in another team and offer one of those fifth-round picks and then take it that way. And then that way you don't have to worry about potentially the guard and the Early rounds. Oh, you're saying like right now, like over the yeah. next couple of weeks. Or you yeah. could do a draft weekend too. Wouldn't yeah, Robert I, Quinn a five? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, no, he's he was, a, I believe it was a fifth. So maybe it was a you six, could find it was a six that went to a five. Maybe yeah, you could find a team exactly. that is uh, already thinking about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, sure. like Atlanta yep. and maybe Houston, and like, do you guys Carolina. have an aging starting guard? Yeah. That's good. See, that's, you don't want to win. That's what I would do. I mean, maybe knock this thing out with one of those fives. Just go and, and get you the guard, and then boom. And then you don't have to potentially worry about it as much going into the draft. Oh, that would be that would be smart uh, Smart drafting, smart personneling. I, I, I used it. to do Flip this a, a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flip a five for a 32-year-old guard. I would try my best. I really would. Corey wants you all to... Analyze the depth of the receiver class versus the depth of the O line class. Again, I think it's good and good. Very obvious what people are zeroing in on in terms of big picks. Yeah. Guard at, at guard, I don't like it as much outside of the first round as I like wide receiver outside of the first round. But both of them, like you're going to find step in starters in the third round at both positions. I think. 
So, like, I don't think there's a drastic difference, but their wide receiver goes 10 deep of guys I yeah. really like, and guard goes two to three deep that I really like. So, I think wide receiver is deeper with your top 56 picks because there's at least 10 guys that I would mm-hmm. take at 56 that play wide receiver. I get to a total of maybe four guards you're comfortable picking in the top 56. Yeah, that's probably about right. I'm looking depth-wise, too, and out of the top 100, I have 16 offensive linemen in the top 100, whereas wide receiver, I have 16 wide receivers in the top 100. So, I mean, that's a great question because at least in terms of what I'm looking at, it's dead even in between the two. I still lean toward thinking – You'd be better off addressing the line earlier, and this is I think so too. This is dependent on what they do in free agency, obviously. But yeah, you're going to have to go grab Williams, or excuse me, Green, Johnson, Ingram. You're going to have to go grab one of those guys, and I think I think early, and then the wide receivers I think stretches a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the the chance to get a plug and play guy is going to have to go early as opposed to going later. Along this line of reasoning, Bill wants to know if uh, Kenyon Green's guard tackle flex gives him any sort of edge. Like no. the fact that he played four positions. Ingram in did the same thing. I mean, excuse me, uh, Zion Johnson did the same thing. Yeah, and you know, no. Does that? Be, are you saying that because you don't think he can play tackle in the NFL? Or I think, I think he could. I think if you were playing in a football game and your left tackle rolled his ankle, your right tackle tweaked a hammy, and your swing tackle broke a toe, could Kenyon Green go play tackle and survive in the NFL? Yes, I think I just he could. I want to point out that that has kind of happened here yeah. over the last couple of so, years. Sure. I'm thinking about that Steelers game right now. If that bumps a guy up for you, fine. But like, I think Kenyon Green is going to step in and be a quality starting guard in the league, and if he stepped in as a tackle, he would struggle. So like, it ain't Zach Martin. Yeah. Zach Martin could line up wherever you want right now and yeah. make a Pro Bowl. I, I think Kenyon Green is an NFL guard. I think he could say the same thing about Zion Johnson. He's a guard. At the same yeah. time. I mean, yeah. it's it, he has position flex, and there is some sort of modern-day NFL value to players with position flex, but at least on the offensive line, I don't really have any interest in Man, doing I, that. Man, I used to think that position flex was good and important. It means you can't do either. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it, I just, you know... Or you're, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like Micah Parsons and Zach Martin have position flex. Yeah. They it, can go do it. it. You can, there's, certain, there's certain positions where... you know, But you talk about an offensive lineman that has position flex, you're kind of like going... And let's like you say it's Zach Martin, but other ones you go... Oh man, is he really a good center? No, I mean, I would say I think that, you're lying to yourself. I would, right? I would say Connor Williams has position flex. He could probably play center. He could probably play guard. He could probably play I tackle. There, but is he I very good at doing it? With you and watched him do all of all, that, all that at, at a pro day. Pro day. Well, yeah. Whenever they did it at training camp, that was saying, hey, maybe we could slide a guy in at left guard because if he was really good, they pro didn't Bowl know. caliber at left guard. That's the problem. They didn't. Know. He wouldn't have moved. I think for the most part, it's a lie. Like yeah. for instance, Connor McGovern might be an NFL starter. He really might be. Sure. At right guard. Yeah. Connor McGovern's not even a left guard. Yeah. yeah. He can't even play both guards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Terrence Steele is a starting right tackle. Yeah. My yeah. guy can't play left tackle. Mm-mm. So, like, we create this thing in our head where offensive line is offensive line. Yeah. For the vast majority of these guys, it's not. Yeah. They can play a spot. Terrence is a right tackle. Connor, unfortunately, is a right guard. He can't play there because Zach Martin exists. I think position flex is made up most of the time. 
You're talking yourself into something. I think. I think it's, you're trying to be a. Re- he's right. You're trying to give yourself a reason to take the guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's the 48th player on your roster, and you're going. Is there somebody better out there that we can find? Is there somebody? And then you play him, and then you really realize that yeah. a first round guard can play tackle in college football. Yeah. A first round center could play tackle in college football. NFL's different. No. It's different. I think it's real, but I think you're right that it's very overstated. It is. Give give me a guy that's great at one thing. It's a nice buzzword. It's a nice buzzword to make us feel good about a player. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, SR wants to know if you recall their first six picks were all on defense last year. They've primarily focused on the defensive side of the ball in free agency this year. Are we seeing them tip their hand for a very offensive heavy draft? And we're sitting here giving a lot of breath to offensive line and receiver, so it makes me wonder if maybe yes. I think in the first two rounds, yes, but it's still wide open. I don't think you're going to see the first six picks roll off the board, and it's all going to be on the offensive side of the football we because need to know of where the to put them. Well, that too. But you look at the value of where this draft lines up, and it lines up value wise at offensive line and wide receiver. So why would you not take advantage of that by taking either one of those positions in the first two rounds? I think if you took it to the extreme of like trying to make the case of how offensive could it be. If the top two guards were gone and Tyler Linderbaum wasn't and they liked him, they could take a center in the first round. Mm -hmm. They could take a guard in the second round. They could take a receiver in the The third third round. And maybe you could see a scenario where they take a tackle or a tight end in the fourth round. Like It could happen. I would bet three of their first four picks are offense. I think I completely agree. I would put money on that. I th- really, if you look at a depth chart, the only position, and again, I'm not saying it's like rock solid, but the only position that I'm looking at on defense where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you want to play a game with what you got here, linebacker. You're short a linebacker, yeah. probably linebacker. Yeah. Short. Other than that, yeah. I think you can roll the ball out and play football with the rest of what you have on defense. Unless you had injuries, it's well, McQuamu, I guess, technically is your fourth safety. Yeah, and they so still you have, can do it. They still, Donovan yeah, they got Wilson's Donna. Three. Wilson, yeah. yeah. I think they're in a situation right now, too, that if I'm Jerry Jones, I walk in that draft room and say, listen, you MFers, <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about offensive players unless it helps Dak. Okay? And you tell me, you guys line this thing up however you want to do it, but if it doesn't help Dak, I don't want to hear about it. Okay? And if you want to fight the defense on players, it better help Dak. Okay? So, to me, I just think that the – that you know, Quinn is going to. I don't want Dan Quinn to like do what Rod Marinelli did and roll over on some guys. Yeah. Oh no, we, Zeke's fine. Yeah, Zeke will help us. You know, no. I want Dan fighting for defensive players. It's hard. I mean, I get what you're saying, but, but I trust like, the defensive side finding players better than I do this offensive side right now. Rod Marinelli didn't roll over very often. Like he got he his rolled way. over. He got he, his he, way a lot. He did. He but he rolled over on the runner. He on, did on on well, Ramsey. On the, on he the rolled over that, on Ramsey. On the guys that. That he he could kind of push away, or the guys that he already had in the room, he yeah. totally rolled over. One hundred percent. Rob See, Marinelli was a beast. That man, while we were doing live coverage of the draft, oh, he's interviewed him. Man. We went to break, and he goes, "Come with me, man." And I said, "Coach, we have literally four minutes." And he's like, 
come quick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He wanted to take us to his office to show us a picture of his high school coach. <laughs> He's no, Rod Marinelli's an awesome man. I'm not even but I'm just saying though if you're if you're talking about what goes on in a war room, yeah. these coaches have influence. Oh, oh of course you know, they do. And that's why I'm scared about the Joe Philbin thing because to me he moved on from Lyle Collins. Yeah. He moved on to thinking and Steele played well for 8 games last year. He really did. You won like six games of him playing. Yeah. So I mean, to me, that that says something. But you know, I, I'm I'm like I said, I'm Jerry Jones. If you're talking about offensive guys, it better help number four. Well, I was just going to ask to back end off of that. Do you think that it's going to be offensive heavy then early on? No, I just it- I mean, you know, like I say, I think you're you have to keep an open, especially with your picking. You have to keep an open mind about it. But to me, like I said, if you start talking about a first-round wide receiver or if you start talking about a guard, you start talking about you know the various uh, tackle, whoever, it better be with the mind of this guy's going to plug in, he's going to play, and he is going to be a difference maker. I don't have time for my quarterback to waste another year for development because if it doesn't work out for him here next year, I'm going to have a whole new coaching staff again probably. And now, and now, now the clock is really ticking on Dak Prescott. Whether you really want to keep him around, can we get Brian in the war room? I, can I, we figure I mean, it out? He spent time there. He's been I in know there. they got sick of hearing his crap. I'm just Brian, saying. They got, but this year they he got, got sick it. of he's him because right he said stuff year. like this. He's got it right. Brian doesn't have a filter, and sometimes you have to have a filter and be like, yeah, "Well, sir, if that's what you want to do," and Brian's like, "That guy can't play. That you shouldn't. You're going to pick him. He can't play." I just want you to know. So when you're firing hey. people at the end of the year, remember I told you that dude can't play. Okay? Take me behind the curtain real quick. How often in your years in the Cowboys war room did Jerry Jones get, like, fear of God? Like, listen, you MFers. Like, how often did oh, that it happen? Oh, it happened. No, in the meetings. But, like, how often? Oh, often. Often, yeah. yeah. He, You know, that whole thing. Jerry was really good at listening. But Jerry also, like, listen here, you, you know, and we were all, and yes, sir, you know, I mean, attention, you know, hop to, you know, but that's it. But that's what a general manager does. Your general manager walks in there and says, listen, I don't want to hear crap about this guy. And, you know, you get scouts that waver on guys. I don't know, man. No, I don't have time for you wavering on this guy. Mike Zimmer wavered on. One day, Mike Zimmer's like, yeah, I like this guy, this defensive back. I like him. I like him. Next day, he comes in. I'm not so sure. I look at Mike. I go, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) I go, you got these scouts. They don't know what you're thinking right now. This is not going to do us any good. And he's like, well, I'm just not sure. I'm like, you're talking to people on the phone instead of trusting your own damn eyes. And that's the problem. See, to me, if it's not if it's not helping, we're trying to evaluate this quarterback really right now. I mean, it's going into year seven. Yeah. And and the and the landscape of what we've seen right now in football is we're moving on from quarterbacks. If you can't play, hey, Matt Ryan, goodbye. You know, you know, all these quarterbacks are kind of <laughs> Moving along, yeah. You know what I mean? It's that's what I'm saying. We're in an era now where people used to be just terrified of losing their quarterbacks, and Nobody now it's cares like, anymore. nope. The, the poor Matt Ryan. Well, the, I'm like, just I've saying, been here for a hundred years, you tried to just run me out of town, and now Atlanta, you came back to me to tell me you love me again. We're moving Atlanta, on. Atlanta is taking a forty million dollar cap hit. Think about that. That's what these people think about these quarterbacks sometimes. I just can't believe they didn't rip the bandaid off last year. Yeah. They restructured think, him, then traded him. I don't know if <laughs> that last... And we think the Catboy has problems. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that last six minutes was probably 
the closest we've gotten to like Brian in office versus Brian on air. I wish everybody we gotta we gotta sell an experience with you watching tape and just talking trash about the old days. It's beautiful. We ran over. Sorry about that. No, but there's there's a couple things. I'm just going to extend it into the third segment, so we'll just keep this conversation going when we come back from this break. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final segment of the Draft Show here on this Tuesday. Pay your taxes, Liberty Tax. Thank you, Brian. I think there's probably another one. You want Rowdy in your backyard? It's probably WrestleMania. Cowboys.com slash Rowdy. WrestleMania is like two weeks away, if you weren't aware. See The Undertaker. Go in the Hall of Fame. I wanted Buy tickets. I wanted to get it. Drink Miller Lite. Drink Miller Lite. Thanks, Chris. That's a good one. Great great one. Phenomenal. SWBC, good company. I'm going home and drinking Miller Lite right yeah. after this you can do that you have fun that. employed at least you'll be home by that point. follow me on youtube <laughs> I'm fun, I'm i'll be back with you wednesday night <laughs> all right see there. this is my favorite thing to talk about in the draft i just love subverting the expectations like what's that board mean uh flipping them on their head okay yeah you're welcome Switching? christian changing um by the way you appreciate the fact you used to edit my work right yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I started doing some writing things, and I, oh, watched I saw some, that tweet. I watched yeah. uh, my buddy Mike Pellucci edit it live because yeah. he was on, the on like a Google Doc. Because he was following me as I wrote, and it was oh, on a Google yeah. Doc, and I was just like, "Man, that's a lot of work. Great a, job." A Brian, a Brian notebook used to be like a forty-minute ordeal <laughs> to get it to get it readable. Anyway, Gotta which love I love, man. I love the name, Big Squeak. Big Squeak, fantastic. Uh, I just want. I want y'all to tell me Sky Moore. in the lane of C.D. Lamb, no, oh. the opposite, oh. a name that you don't think has a chance to be sitting around at 24 that would make you super excited. 
Oh, which and I don't I don't want you to sit on the fence either. Like I've got one. A guy that you absolutely don't think will be there. Trayvon Walker, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Go. That I would love that to happen. I don't think he's going to end up falling. Ultra athletic edge rusher. He would be your starter day one. His length, his traits. I mean, powerful clutch plays. I mean, played. He was probably one of the ringleaders. You could call him a ringleader of that Georgia defense. If he were to somehow fall to twenty four, that'd be one of those guys I would run a half marathon for. That's, that's, that's on record. I know that's now. what you're trying to do. But that's, that's on record that's, now. That's one of those guys. I would achieve a half marathon. I won't use the word run. Uh, I will achieve a half that's marathon a over a span of four days. Uh, Ooh. So however many miles it is a day to add up to a half marathon. Like three and a half. Yeah, that's not that like bad. That. Okay, so four straight five Ks. Yeah. Over a period of eight days, I will achieve a half marathon. <laughs> If Garrett Wilson makes it to 24 and gets picked by the Cowboys, he's my top wide receiver, but I have no idea the order these wide receivers are going to go in. Drake London at USC could be the first receiver off the board. Uh, Jamison Williams, Alabama, I think could be the That's, top receiver off the board. It's been, it's sort of been our narrative this whole time that like Garrett Wilson is on a rung of his own. And he's not. Right. And he's, and we are not, or the world does not agree that he's wide receiver one. Some do, some don't. It depends. You can check between Daniel Jeremiah and Dane Brugler and Kuiper and McShay. Like Garrett Wilson is not consensus wide receiver one. And if he were available, he would be my eight-day half marathon guy because I just I love the way he plays. I think today's NFL is about creating separation and what can you do after yep. the catch. And I think the he does both of those very well. Explosive movements get the ball in his hands and watch him work after the catch. Garrett Wilson at 24 would be which, my party. With all which I love your answer Kyle. Okay. But I think we No, but I think we yeah. both agree. Did I beat him? Just well, I just don't I can't imagine Did a I scenario win? where Walker falls. Oh. And I don't think Kyle no, I can agree. Either. I can't that's why I said it. Right. You told me who you no, were no, certain is not you, falling. Aiden Hutchinson. You did exactly what I wanted that's you to do. Fair. My my I think I also don't think Garrett Wilson will be there at 24, but I think it's a little more realistic, the scenario that Jeff is painting. There was a time in my life that I believed that Trevor Penning was going to be there to tackle from Northern Iowa. It's no way in hell now. Really? No way. Your answer should be Charles Cross. Well, I mean, there's but a I'm, decent but, but chance he's OT four and he's your OT one. Yeah, but Ooh, I, 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 I just have, yeah, but my, my, I, I just knew that those three guys weren't going to be. I knew all the, the tackles were not going to be, but there was a time because Raymond, the the kid from Central Michigan, Central Michigan, a lot of people mock him. They send me those mocks and they mock him. I'm not fired up for him. I'm not as fired. If they up. picked him up, if they picked him it, at 24, I'd be devastated. I would be hurt. And I'm seeing him being being yeah. mocked in the first round. A lot. A lot. I don't know if I would be to that point devastated, I would but I would Bengals rather fan. have somebody else. I would flip to the Bengals. I would, I would follow Lyle to the Bengals. I mean, you've got one guy already in that Hop room. on the bandwagon, yeah. baby. I, yeah. mean, I just kind of feel like, though, that, that, that Penning was a guy that maybe that if it got kind of wiped out, that you're thinking, man, there is a mean, big, nasty tackle. And I really, really liked him with the possibility – when Lyle Collins was still here, and then yeah. moving Lyle Collins, and then people are saying, well, he can't bend. Well, Lyle Collins can't bend. Maybe the hip's giving him a little bit of a problem, and he can't bend to play guard. But I, you know, that would be, I, and another one would be, and a, a name that I thought might not be there that, that 
or I, that probably won't be there that I thought would be there was Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. I really thought that Chris Olave would, would be. I, I think there's a chance that he might go ahead of Burks from Arkansas. I think this wide receiver tandem. I mean, the the first five: Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, I love Garrett Wilson. Yeah. I do too. Drake London, Chris Olave. Those are my five guys in order. Skip the guy, and okay. that's who was your Sky Moore, of course. Oh, okay, but. Those five guys are completely interchangeable, yeah. and wherever they end up going, there's probably going to be two of those five that are there at 24. Is there, you know, I, you know, my son Bennett asked me a question the other day about this. About is there a chance that Stingley does get to 24? Chance, yeah. Chance, yes. I just five between five and ten percent. I was about to ask for. I don't think you got to turn that card in, don't you? Yes. Oh, if if it happens, yes. And our LSU bias. I I mean, I'm down on Derek Stingley. Like the way that his career went at LSU. Just there. Again, we're talking about a guy who originally was like a top five prospect. Right. Who could be in play at 24? Like, there's enough cause for concern there. Yeah. I'm not sitting here trying to convince anybody that he's the second coming, but the traits at 24, yeah. rare. Like, you don't get a shot at, at that type of guy at 24 very often. I just think it's worth the risk. Is there an edge guy you would throw in there? Like, I would throw in Karloftis, George Karloftis at Purdue, but I think what happened with the Ojabo injury is that probably broke mm-hmm. your ability to get one of the top edges to 24. I think all four of those guys are gone. Depending, Karloffis, I, Walker, four. Hutchinson, Thibodeau. Yeah, I think depending on what happens Jermaine with Jermaine Johnson. Johnson. And, I, and I'm going to say this. There might be some people that like this Moffy kid from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do be, too in the second or third round. Well, he now I'm I'm, well, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying no. Uh, he's he's there's people that he's legi- up steam. There, there's people legitimately talking about him as a first round player. I'm looking at a and again no like nobody's mock is gospel at all. But I'm looking at a mock from a big publication that has him going 30th overall. Yeah, it's definitely a thing and. I love that because all this is is just people taking what they're hearing. I mean, I know we all watch the tape and do the homework, but when you're trying to look smart in a mock, you're just taking what you're hearing from people versus what teams might need and trying to make an educated guess. So for Boye Mafe to suddenly be climbing like this, it's because somebody out there in the league thinks that highly of him, right? Yeah, I think that now, and to Jeff's point though, with Ajabo, with that thing, him being out. Everybody moves up a slot now. Mm-hmm. You know, all these guys like, okay, well, there and there were we we've talked about this on the show for weeks that that there were a lot of questions about him as a first round guy. You know, there's he hadn't played a lot of football. You know, in the background, all these things like that. Ojabo, yeah. I mean, they literally hid him on rundowns, like they took him off the field. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, you know, that that's one of those ones where you're thinking, boy, this is this one's got a chance to be really, as they used to say, the boomer bust. I know at one point you had said that. Your friends were saying Jermaine Johnson might have been a little bit higher yeah, the than me- anticipated. Yeah, the, the the scouts were saying that the media scouts were a little too high on Jermaine Johnson. And Does that I, flip with Ojabo's news now? Oh no, I I kind of feel like that that I'm, I I wouldn't move Jermaine Johnson. The fact that guy he transferred from Georgia and every Georgia film you throw in, I was watching Georgia. I was watching the Kentucky Center, you know, the other night, and and I and I and all of a sudden all you see is Wyatt, yeah. Mm-hmm. Luke Fortner. Fortner, yeah. And and I'm like, 
Every, I mean, he's trying to block these Georgia guys, and he's doing his best. You know, I mean, when he plays Missouri, he's really good. But if he's playing against Georgia, it's like, hold on to your rear, you know, four, kind of a thing. Four first-round picks. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's almost though. like that was a generational defense or but, something. But that's where, you like, Jermaine Johnson was part of that at one time. You kind of get it, like, you know, if he was at Georgia, we'd probably be talking about him as him, Walker, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's that good of a player. I, I wouldn't, I think the, I think the thing the scouts told you about the media, you know, you media scouts have him too high. I think there's a lot of guys that are saying, well, you media scouts probably had him right. He'll get in the top mm-hmm. 20. Yeah. He'll be a top 20 pick. You Along so? a similar line, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Instead of guys that we don't think will be there, uh, I couldn't help but notice McShay and Kuyper put out their latest mock this morning. Boy, Kuyper, goodness gracious! Which how, he's a crusty like me, Jeff. If you haven't, if you haven't seen uh, the the pick for the Cowboys in this particular mock is Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Wow. So that, that, that would be shocking. Y'all's, Maybe. Yeah. Y'all's, y'all's reactions tell me everything I no, need to know. Maybe at 56. That would be shocking. Definitely in the third. But see, this, but what's happening is these are hints. Because right. the first time I saw Tyler Smith, the Tulsa tackle, listed as a top 50 player was Daniel Jeremiah at NFL. Yep. Yeah. He had him as like number 20, late 20s or 30 or something yeah. like that. And when you see something like that that you're not seeing elsewhere, it comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you raise an eyebrow and you go, oh, maybe Tyler Smith's going to be a first-round offensive tackle. Uh, if the Cowboys make that pick, like it, there's different ways to do the draft show. Like talking about what's realistic and what they might do. And I know, Dave, that's kind of the lane that you exist in, right? That's where I try to go. I exist in the lane of I watch the players. I'm just going to give you what I think about them. If they take Tyler Smith in the first round, that'll be a bad pick. Tell yeah. me, tell me more about him as a player. I mean, we've talked about him before. I don't care. We have to do two of these a week. He doesn't have very good technique overall as a blocker. Nope. When you watch him play, I mean, he's more about trying to bully you and beat you up than anything. He catches a lot of blocks too. There's nothing about the punch and the drive and the things like that when you associate with offensive linemen. He's more of a he'll take the blow and then try to kind of wrestle with you and stuff like that. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, he puts himself in some bad body positions. Mm-hmm. When you watch him, you know, you think that you think that Terrence Steele at times like turns into like hopping on one leg and trying to do that. This guy's 324 pounds and people move him around like that. But that's that's the problem I have. I think he's just trying to grab and hold on to his guy instead of a guy that's just moving people out of the way. I think you have to teach him to play offensive tackle. Yeah. I think you have to rebuild him literally from the ground up. Yeah. He he, he played tackle at Tulsa, but you have to reteach him. I mean, in terms of. I would probably put him in at guard. I just mean, in terms of. He doesn't do anything right. Yeah. Like his punches don't land, his yeah. feet and his hands don't work together. Man, so he, the base doesn't work even though he is strong enough. So like what he is is a guy that people are gonna be like, Well, he's big enough and he's athletic enough. Now we have to teach him. So yep. I was about to say, when you when you hear about so this guy just sounds incredibly raw. When you hear about these types of players, it's usually because they're super freak athletes and you're just banking on them putting it together. Is he in that do you do we think he's in that caliber of athletes? No. So I can find his athletic he's profile. he's strong. He's got strength. Yeah. But in and a lot of times he relied on his strength to get him out of that trouble, to get him out of the poor hand placement yeah. and the the poor footwork and, and things like that. It's one of the reasons why he ended up at Tulsa and not at a, an SEC school along the way. It's because he has the strength to be a division one into pro caliber backup sort of deal but if he's going to be a pro starter you're going to need to reteach him quite a bit uh, just an example just going through my notes here of the, the the two of the three games i watched he had three holding penalties 
And that just shows you when you have holding pins, what do we associate with? Connor Williams, we associate bad body position. Say getting off balance. Yeah, yeah. that's when when you have to hold desperation. You you have to, yeah, and you don't want to get your quarterback hit. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to have a bunch of holding penalties because of bad body position, how are you going to play in the NFL? I mean, I'm watching play against Ohio State and Oklahoma State and people like that. Quality competition. Those guys, we we you know we're evaluating them, and I'm looking at him going, man, he he's always on the edge of holding. You know, and I, maybe he grows out of that. I, but the fact that he likes to catch blocks all day, I'm not into that. Yep, interesting. Very. And, and no, I mean when no. when, when Kuiper made the pick and I saw it, I went, man, not for me, not for <laughs> me. I mean, there's there's probably seven other guys I would rather have than that. I Kuiper's just washed. I do. Okay. I don't want to. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> no, making a joke. But even, no, no, but, do you, but he's these, talking to people in the league. No, that's mock drafts. Mock drafts. This time of year, I mean, we're all doing these mock drafts and we're, uh, you know, 4.0. And you're like, you're just trying to throw things yeah. at Not areas. Only, but I will say, and like the draft industry has come so far since Mel Kuyper was like the yeah. guy. Yeah. But Kuyper, McShay, Dane. Jeremiah, like we just said this, Bucky Brooks. When Bucky, when one of those guys throws a name that isn't in the normal list, my ears perk up. And it's two of them now because Jeremiah has him ranked high, and now and now Kuiper put him in a put first him in round. a first round mock. And Kuiper did say, I read the description of it, and he mentioned like, well, and another option here would be Zion Johnson, who goes like two picks later for him. Yeah. So just pretend they picked the right guy. I just think it's important to note because again, that's how we started this whole draft class in the first place. Was like. Beauty's going to be in the eye of the beholder from about pick 16 the rest of the way. Yep. You know, so a guy that we at this table collectively think of as pick 45 could be pick 24, and it shouldn't shock us, even though it probably would in the moment. Well, right? you remember I, I brought up Tyler Smith just from hearing stuff at the Combine, too. One of the yeah. second show with Dane, we had brought up Tyler Smith as an option. But when I brought him up, I wasn't talking about 24. I was talking about 56. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get get him to 56 and maybe fall a little bit. Maybe he they didn't take a tackle in the first round. Now at 24, I would be relatively disappointed. Real quick. And by relatively, yeah. I mean completely. Fairy. Okay. Yeah. No, did you try to be nice about it? That's I tried I'm trying to, to learn. Yeah. I'm trying to be Is nice. When you don't have a no. nice thing. Like you how could do you go. Do a, it? You could go a long way toward just packaging your mean stuff a little bit nicer. Right. Kyle's very see, good at I'm it. I'm trying to figure that out. Yeah, but people also look at me and they're like, "Ah, you're soft," and that's not Whoa. the case. So. Yeah, I don't think of you as soft. Diplomatic, you. I appreciate. Think of you as a diplomatic is is a good way. Diplomatic to put it. doesn't mean soft. Real quick before we get out of here, I did Brian or, and Kyle, somebody. Well, not me. Because you not me. You told Only me not me. You told me off the air you hadn't watched him yet, oh, Jeff. So okay. why don't you just let me do the diplomatic stuff? Well, why don't you just let me make an offhand comment on purpose, and then you don't can we talk shot. about Alec Lindstrom really quickly? I, sure. Not, not as like a first round prospect, but I, I feel like when you talk about centers, everybody talks about Linderbaum a lot, but never yeah. him. I kind of feel like Luke Fortner from Kentucky is yep. a better player. You know, and I and I picked up Luke just late here the last couple of days. But you know, when you talk about uh, Alec Lindstrom, I mean, he's a left-handed center, which we saw with Creed Humphrey last year. So it's kind of weird when you watch tape and you see the left-handed center. He doesn't have the size, but the footwork and stuff, I really, really like. I think this guy, he, he's probably not going to. He I don't think he tested particularly well, but you watch him on tape that he does have the ability to kind of you know hook up on his guy and he can sustain his block. The toughness, I thought the point of attack was really, really good. Um, I, I saw him reaching wide techniques. And when I mean wide, like the ones and the threes on the outside, I mean, he was able to get his head across a couple of different times. 
But I just don't think he, you know, I just don't think he has the overall power mm-hmm. to really keep somebody stalemated at the line. And so, you know, that's something that that you kind of need to keep an eye on. Again, I, I once I watched the Kentucky guy, I said, okay, Alec, you're a little bit further down. You know, and this is where you know I'm looking. Matter of fact, I put uh, Fortner over uh, Parham from Memphis, who is a projection mm-hmm. at the at the guard spot. Who's going to project from guard to, to center? Yeah, I've got Parham above him. I've got Donovan West out of Arizona State above him. Uh, I I think Lindstrom's a good player. Uh, I and his jumps were okay, but like you said, his running was not great yeah. at the combine. He's also got short arms, and that's one thing that I'm I'm not nor- normally maybe into our number a whole maybe lot. our number one center has short arms too. I was about yeah. to say about right, yeah. but. Well, number one center dominates his film, and yeah. Lindstrom does not dominate That's the film true. by any means. That's so. true. You can watch him play against Clemson, and they've got bigger, heavier inside guys, and he doesn't get beat up. Yeah. Which gave me encouragement that like okay here's a guy that's you know he's not you know if you struggle like I say Fortner playing against Georgia there were some really good reps and there were ones like oh look out you know oh Jim you know like Tony Romo doing it oh Jim but you know other than that though I mean like I said I, I you know Lindstrom he, he comes from a long line of NFL players too his yeah, family his brother right yeah he's got some he's and I think dad I think they've got a lot of uncles and stuff that played as well he fights I will yeah. give him that he fights yep. This was a fun hour of radio, guys. What do you say we do it again on Thursday? Hey, let's do it. Yeah. For Jeff, Brian, shut up, Jeff. We'll see. Kyle, I'm Dave. Stay more. Thanks for listening to the draft show. We'll talk to you all next time. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-